You're listening to Jefferson Forest Cavalier Football on 100.9 WIUO. Second half right around the corner, and if you are head coach JT Cruz, Ed, you, you really are feeling like you need to uh, do a copy and paste of what that first half was. You got a turnover, two long drives that uh, controlled time of possession. It was an ideal first half for the Cavaliers. It most definitely was, Trey, and now to start the second half, JF gets it the way they want. They have a deep kickoff from Colton Childers. Uh, excuse me, a deep kickoff off the right-footed leg of Cam McClendon and coming back and swirling around to try to return it was Samaj Jeffries with great coverage from Jefferson Forest. He was tripped up at the 14, and that's where Halifax starts their second-half drive. Give him in the round over to the left side. Jeffries tries to turn the corner and gets up to about the 16-80-17 yard line. It's a nice game of three for Halifax, and it'll set up second and seven. But the build off of Trey's point and give you keys to the second half for the Jefferson Forest Cavaliers, a lot of it would be fantastic if they can prevent Halifax from getting into a rhythm early offensively. JF's in a prime spot right now. It's second and seven for Halifax at their own 17-yard line. And if you can hold Halifax here, you'll get good field position and can reestablish the pace and flow of the game. The Cavaliers have that chance after a dive play for about two puts Halifax up with third and five. We'll call it about third and six realistically after the ball spotted back at the 18. 30 seconds into the second half, 14-7. Jefferson Forest on top at Halifax on what is an absolutely gorgeous evening. Shotgun snap to Kai Chandler. Spins out of one tackle, now rolls over to the left. Stops, wants to throw, and tucks it and just steps out of bounds at the 17. And that's exactly what JF wanted. A three and out comes for Halifax. We mentioned that in our halftime show. That's what they wanted to avoid. And instead, the Comets have to punt it back to the Cavaliers just 45 seconds into this third quarter, trailing 14-7. And now Jefferson Forrest is primed. Unless they let this ball bounce on a quirky kick, and it takes a Halifax roll. JF is likely going to get good field position for an offense that has been humming through the first two drives. They're only two drives of this game. Hunt barely getting it away, and it may have been partially deflected. It's not deep. It bounces at the Halifax 30 and actually takes a roll back to the 29-yard line before being down on the far side numbers. So Jefferson Forrest gets great field position and looked like a partially deflected kick and for Jefferson Forrest, it looked like it may have been Ethan Boone, the inside linebacker. Excuse me. It looked like it may have been Luke Calkins, the free safety, who came in there. He was kind of making some kind of funky movement with his arm, and that could indicate that he got something on that ball. Now, for JF, good field position will be a little less good as it looks like the officials signal a defensive hold during the kick on Jefferson Forrest. And it looks like for Jefferson Forrest, that penalty may actually come as well. Cam McClendon waiting to get an idea of this. That could have been a hold before the ball was deflected. And instead, no, they're going to say it's a running into the kicker. So they're running into the kicker penalty, which is not a rough one. It's not a personal foul, so it's not a 15-yarder, which would have given a first down, and it's not an automatic first down at that. But because of that, so the referees say no, it was not partially deflected. 
Halifax gets a chance to boot it away, and what do you know? This is a much better kick. It takes a comet roll. It bounces at the 35, goes inside the 20, and will roll to a stop at the 11-yard line. Talk about a major difference in field position on that particular roughing the kick, running into the kicker penalty. All of a sudden, JF goes from starting at the 29-yard line. They give up 62 yards of field position back to the 11, which is where their offense begins. Now, they've worked fantastically on their first two drives of the game. They've had drives of 77 and 80 yards, so JF has shown they can work the length of the field, and if they do that here, they might eat up all 10.57 in this third quarter, or at least the hefty majority of them. Instead, that is the one positive to what otherwise is obviously not if you're JF. Shotgun snap this time from Bell and a quick handoff. And off the left side of the line up to about the 12 for Marsteller gains a yard. Second and nine coming up for JF. And it's amazing the psychological blow as well that can come. Just that monumental difference of yardage. JF has second and nine, 10, 27, and counting down in the third quarter. Now, they do have a 14-7 lead. This is hardly panic time, but running into the kicker penalty, 66-yard difference when you really look at it. This time, a give. Marsteller slips by one defender, Samaji Jeffries, at the 15. Jeffries did a great job to at least clean long enough to force Marsteller to just have to lunge up to the 17, which is where that ball is marked. It's now all of a sudden third and four for Jefferson Forest, and it is oh so crucial in terms of the flow they want to establish in the second half to pick up a first down presented by Nadine Blakely Realtor with Remax. JF in the first half was six of seven on third downs, and the one that did not get converted was a third and two no game that they turned into a fourth and two conversion in their second touchdown drive. This time, the snap on the end of the round. Give Marsteller breaks the tackle at the 20, and he's up to the 21-yard line. It will depend on the spot, and the initial indication is he may be about a half-yard shy. And that's what the referees say. It was a good job by Marsteller to break a tackle, and JF looks like they're going to keep their offense on the field and go for it here. Talk about a huge play. Field position and everything. Now, do they actually snap it or not? They wait for a signal. Bell gets ready for a snap out of the shotgun. He does. And he plows forward. And he's got the first down. What a gutsy call to have faith in your team if you're JT Cruz, the Jefferson Forest offensive coordinator and head coach, to okay that shotgun snap to Bell. And he followed the right guard and right tackle and picks up the first down. And how often have we mentioned the entire offensive line and the FYAA offensive players of the game before Forest Youth Athletic Association, which they could use your volunteer help. They may need your donation support to get plaques to the entire offensive line because we've said this a lot, but that entire unit is up for nomination. Caden Sheldrake, the right tackle, and Greg Harris, the right guard, have been fantastic for JF this evening. This time on an end around, and the man in motion and mentioned the offensive line. Maybe a little bit too soon. It looked like there was a flinch. And it's a false start, and the Cavaliers go backwards. So JF goes backwards. 
and the ball will be spotted right back at the 20-yard line. Now, they do get a fresh set of downs, so it's first and 15. That first down does stand. Josiah Bell, junior quarterback, calls for the shotgun snap against the six-man Halifax front. Give on a reverse handoff to Boone, and he has to just fight and then slither for another yard, and he still ends up losing a yard back to the 19. It's amazing the penalties. They've only been five yards, but it has been the complexion-changing nature of the penalties for Jefferson Forest here in the second half. And again, this is not to overblow it because they're up 14-7, but they'd love to get more points in game separation. And it goes back to what Coach J.T. Cruz has mentioned on plenty of our East Coast Wings and Girl tailgate shows about how one of the things he and his coaching staff are trying to instill is the thin margin that transfers between winning and losing at the varsity level, especially going back into district play, which happens next week. One receiver to each side, and Bell gets ready for the snap, and some more yellow handkerchiefs come in. This time it's a delay of game on Jefferson Forest, so they'll go backwards a little bit further. Now, we know they want to clock up here in the second half, but that's probably not how they drew it up. So JF goes backwards five more yards, and now it's second and 22. Cavaliers have been impressive in getting first downs over the first two and the quarter drives of this game, but that task is becoming monumentally more difficult. Snap this time over the head of Bell, has the ball on it, and he's back at about the two-yard line. He saves his safety for a touchdown for Halifax, but now it's third and an eternity for Jefferson Forest. They need to get to the 35, so they'll have third down and about 33, staring him in the face. And realistically, for Jefferson Forest, you'd love to just get a little bit of extra yardage so that Alex Marstella can punt this ball away with a little more freedom. JF has gone backwards here in the this Christmas here to start this half. If you or a loved one has been injured in an accident, give off the right tackle and up to about the uh, five, six yard line. Obviously, nowhere close to the 33, which is where JF needed to get a first down. But there's more breathing room for Alex Marsteller to boot this ball away. Now, for JF, the one benefit is they have done a great job of clock management running the ball and allowing the play clock to run down. They have a 14-7 lead at Halifax. The clock now reads 5.50 to go, but the Comets are going to get the ball back, presumably with excellent field position, depending on how Alex Marsteller kicks this ball away. Comets have two returners lined up to try to bring this back. Samaje Jeffers is up a little bit, and Tay Mavens is back a little deeper. Marsteller, a rugby-style kick, and it's not particularly deep. It sails toward the Halifax sideline at about the 25-26, and that is hardly the front the Jefferson Forest Cavaliers wanted. As Halifax will have fantastic field position here in this third quarter, trailing 14-7, and now their second drive. If you can think of one play so far in terms of changing the complexion of this game that's bigger than the running into the kicker penalty, you're welcome to hit us up at Fast Lane Ed Lane. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And the reason for just throwing that out there is JF forced a three and out for Halifax 
on the opening drive of the second half. Halifax was set to punt the ball away on fourth down in seven from about the 17-yard line. And a running into the kicker penalty negated what was a short punt that JF would have gotten at the Halifax 29. Halifax gets a second chance. They boom it away. A friendly bounce. And all of a sudden, it rolls to the 11-yard line, the 60-plus-yard difference on that alone. Now, Halifax has to capitalize on the punt JF had, which was not great, but they don't right there. A quick slam pass intended for Samaj A. Jeffers, but Zakai Chandler couldn't quite connect up the shotgun, so it's incomplete. 5.21 to go. JF's defense looks for another big stop. This time, Chandler, a pitch, and it's back to Jeffers in a very dangerous play. He turned a negative yardage play into a more negative yardage play on that dangerous pitch. JF's defense read that well. Marsteller, who did not have a great punch, deserves a lot of credit as he came in and forced the decision for Dakai Chandler, and it wasn't a wise one. The 27-yard line is where he's falling down. He pitched it back, and actually the tackle was made back at the 30 and now it's going to be third and long for Halifax. They need to get to about the 15, so it's third and 15. Chandler, a shotgun snap. Pocket starts to collapse. He's hit, steps up in it, fires, has a man open, and overthrows Samaje Jeffers at the goal line. There was no white jersey within about five yards of a radius around Samaje Jeffers. But Dakai Chandler's throw just sailed a little too high, and it's incomplete as it falls out of the back of the end zone next to the blue cushioned pylon that covers the uprights. So Halifax missing a touchdown there. Boy, JF dodged one as well. Wide open, but the pressure forces the air and throw. Now more pressure, dropping back, quick throw. Caught at about the 17, but only able to get to about the 16 before being shoved out of bounds is Tay Mabins, and it appears as though Colton Childers was able to hold him up just enough to prevent a first down, and he does. What a stink by that Jefferson Forest defense. They haven't been perfect this evening by any means, but when they needed to come up with a stand after the short kick and the excellent field position for Halifax, they're able to come up with it. They get pressure in the backfield. They force some air and throws, and ultimately a turnover on downs and getting the ball back to the offense at the 16. 437 to go, third quarter, 17, 14 to 7. JF with the advantage at Halifax on this Thursday night game. Play because of the potential for Hurricane Ian to saturate this field. Now I'll give to Marstella. Breaks the tackle 20. Cuts back up the middle of the field around the 25, then back out to the right. Hash marks past the 30 to the 35. And then he lunges to the 37 where he's brought down. 21 yard gain. And once again, the right side of the Jefferson Forest offensive line coming up. Huge in run blocking. Logan Candace is in there at right guard. He has been great in this second half. Working with Caden Sheldrake and the right side of that offensive line and even center Brighton would have been fantastic. Yes, to our friends at the Forest Youth Athletic Association, there is a decent chance that there will be five offensive players in the game. That's happened quite a bit. You might be sick of us forcing him to hand out plaques. It won't happen on this one, though, as Marsteller is hit, and he's brought down a little bit high on that hit from Chaquez Farrell, who was the safety who came up and read that well, and it forces a loss of about a yard. We'll call it second and about 10 and a half for Jefferson Forrest. 3.46 to go and counting down here in the third quarter. 
generally speaking, this offensive line has been very good for Jefferson Forest, but not exactly perfect as no line is likely to be. So it's 325 to go here in the third quarter. Two receivers for JF split to the wide left side. Halifax, three down linemen, two edge rushers, and one more creeping into the box. That's six. And it gives to Boone, and he breaks through one tackle with the extra layer of protection there, including the recently mentioned Jaquez Farrell with the tackle. And it's no gain. It'll bring up third and about 10 for Jefferson Forrest. They've done a good job of reading this clock and letting it now go inside three minutes in the third quarter. And just the reason we bring that up, even though we haven't even gotten to the fourth quarter, and it's only a one-score game, is on the two touchdown drives Jefferson Forrest had. Both of them ate over seven minutes of clock time for Jefferson Forrest. So it's been a clear conscientious thing to establish flow of the game. Two receivers to the left, an H-back to the right, and it's a give to that H-back, Ethan Boone. On the end around, not a lot there. He bounced off the left side of the line, a little more of a conservative play call. Gets up to about the 38, maybe the 39, but it'll be fourth and plenty long enough to force Alex Marsteller to come back and try to punt this one away for JF. His second punt, and once again, he'll be booting it off to Tay Mavens and Samaje Jeffers. Both of whom are standing at about the 40. And it's interesting, that strategy, it's not the worst place to stand because we've seen some of these Marsteller rugby kicks go extremely short, like the most recent one. But we've also seen ones where he's got a good rugby-style kick, and it's these line drives that might get to about the 35 and then take a roll. And now we start to see Mabins back up a little bit to prepare for that. He'll be the one to receive it, and he does. It's on a bounce at the 36, and though he decides last second to back off. And a wise decision there is it's down at the 36, and that's where Halifax takes over, trailing 14-7 to visiting Jefferson Forest, the buck 37 to go in the third quarter. Ed Lane going solo tonight with the schedule change. Coach Rick Kennedy unable to be with us this evening, but we look forward to him rejoining us next Friday. When LCA comes into Sabre Stadium with a 6.30 East Coast Wings and Grill tailgate show and a 7 o'clock kick. Dakai Chandler for Halifax. Shotgun snap and a roll out over to the right side. Thrown outside of the reach of Trevor Barnes. The, he's listed as a wide receiver, but they've really used him as an H-back. Off the right side of the offensive line, tucked in tight. They have split him out on some pass patterns. Caught one and was a load to bring down. It was a uh, difficult thing for JF to hold him to three yards. That time Chandler couldn't connect with him. Another shotgun snap to Chandler. This time he looks left side. Nice break on the ball from Colton Childers to knock that away. He's making his own case to be the FYA defensive player of the game. He came in and read it well and prevents Tay Mabins from grabbing that ball. Mabins tried to make the handed grab as opposed to waiting for it. He was more aggressive. But Childers just had a great read on that. Coming in from the cornerback spot and a bit of off coverage. And he forces third and 10 for Halifax with 1.30 to go here in the third. Chandler, a shotgun snap. Pocket starts to collapse. He steps up. He's flushed over to the right side. Now throws on the run. Has an inning wide open. And Bobble dropped the off. Bobbled and pulled in at the 23-yard line. That was fantastic concentration on the far side to pull that ball in from Jalen Wharton, the slot receiver. What a job. 
to bring that in. And the worst part for Halifax is it's all for naught. A holding penalty is called on Halifax. No illegal man downfield penalty against Halifax. As with that scrambling play, one of the linemen started to take off. And instead of it being a takeoff run from Chandler, he threw the ball, so he was behind the line of scrimmage and creates the illegal man downfield. And the five-yard penalty is devastating this time toward Halifax as it wipes out a big game themselves. Well, you mentioned the JF punt where they would have gotten the ball at the Halifax 29, and instead, after running into the kicker penalty, forced to re-kick, JF got it at their own 11. This time, Halifax, a big play to the JF 22, wiped out because of that. Now Chandler, shotgun snap rolls to his right under duress, tries to float a pass, and it's dropped. For Halifax, you have to just feel it's so fitting because that throw was slightly high, but Josh Miller got his mitts up on that in front of the JF bench at about the 47-yard line, and then it just slipped right off and incomplete. And no Hurricane Ian has not caused any precipitation to fall so far this evening here at Tuck Dillard Stadium here in Halifax. And so it's just an incompletion. And this time the crew turns of fate, twist like a hurricane. Yes, we use the ridiculous pun and analogy here. And it goes against Halifax this time in what's been a wonky third quarter. 102 to go still. Need more trickeration off anybody's sleeve with a 14-7 JF lead? We will find out. Snapped a little bit high. Nice job punting this ball away. And Childers fields it all line at the 34. Far side 40. Past the 45 into the JF bench. And just inside Halifax territory, he is out of bounds at about the 48. Pretty nice return from Colton Childers there. 20-yard return from Childers, and JF gets good field position. And they've weathered the storm. Yes, bringing in another weather fund. If you want full updates, by the way, the lynchburgportal.com is your home for those. But yes, JF seems like they've weathered a couple of these potential storms of bad breaks, bad plays, penalties, Halifax getting some traction. Now with the 14-7 lead for JF and 51 seconds to go in the third quarter. They've got the ball at the Halifax 48 and a chance to really gain separation. This time it's a snap and lunging about the 47. It's only a gain of about a yard as it's Alex Marsteller on the tote. And it's at the second and nine for JF. Based on the snapping and spotting of the ball, Cavalier is likely to have to run one more play here in this third quarter. They look over to the sideline. They're in the huddle. They're in no rush to break it. And now they finally do. Maybe an inevitability note. You have to snap it at some point. You might as well let as much clock time run off of your JF. They've been playing that game for nothing more than to limit some explosive playmakers from Halifax to fewer opportunities. Shotgun snap this time to Bell. And a pitch play over to the far side. Marsteller. That one was read perfectly. He's wrapped up, brought down in the backfield, this time at the 48. But it's a JF 48, a loss of four. Third down and long on the way for JF. When we come back to start the fourth quarter with your score, Jefferson 4 is 14, Halifax 7, across the Virginia's talk station now. 